thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. Can you imagine being there when the first step actually happened? I mean, can you imagine being there when they took that first step and you witnessed it? I mean, it would be phenomenal, wouldn't it? I mean, if you were there when Neil Armstrong took his first step on the moon, a small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. I mean, can you imagine being there for that first step? What about the first mobile phone? This is Martin Cooper who developed the first kind of real mobile phone. That's a phone, isn't it? That is a phone, Motorola. In fact, in the chat, some of you my age, okay, and maybe even a bit younger and older, the first mobile phone you ever had. Put it in the chat right now. Who had the Nokia? What about the Blackberry? Anyone have a Palm Trio? Remember Palm Trio? Some of you haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. What was the first mobile phone you ever had? Pop it in the chat right now. Because they were moments when we took those first steps and who knew what would happen? And what about for those of you that remember this, the first step that your baby took? Oh, isn't that beautiful? And here in this church, we've had lots of babies born during lockdown. Nothing else to do, is that? No, I won't say that. And the first steps that those babies take, it's a moment to behold, isn't it? The first steps can literally alter the whole of your life. And we're talking today about steps towards life-altering change. The past couple of weeks, if you've been tracking us with the series, if you haven't, love you to go to YouTube and to check those out. We've been talking about when you get stuck, when you get stuck in the past, when you get stuck in the present, when you get stuck in the cave of discouragement. But we're talking today about steps towards life-altering change. And I know when you hear that, you probably think that sounds really self-help, really pop psychology. And sure enough, when you go on the internet and you put anything like that in, you're going to get loads of self-help and pop psychology. And all of it is geared towards change for you only. But here's the thing where I want to do a little bit of a twist on it. I think God has steps of life-altering change for you, but not only for you. It's for you and through you on behalf of other people. You see, I've been absolutely kind of shocked a little bit at my own reaction and the reactions of others during this last year and how much of what's happened to us this last year has affected us because it only affects us. In other words, and I've been caught up in this as well, the thing about, okay, we can't travel anymore and we can't go on holidays and we, you know, we bemoan that. And I get that and I, it's hurt me as well because I love travelling. But there are some countries in the world right now where they're not thinking about their next foreign holiday. They're thinking whether they're going to survive the next day or the next week. In fact, as a church, we have a really close relationship with, with a, a project in India, in Andhra Pradesh. And many, some of you have been out there uh, for us as a church. And, and, and the pastor this week has contacted us. And you'll know if you watch the news how desperate the situation is in India. You know, we're all in the same storm, but we're not all in the same boat. And you know, often what happens to us is what consumes us you know, even, even, our, even our attitude, I want to encourage you guys to keep praying for India and to keep praying for countries around the world. And, and you know, they're, they're experiencing COVID like we have. And yet the impact on them is vastly different and more challenging than we're even experiencing. 
And even our, our attitude to things like um, you know, football this week, and we've seen the, the selfishness of that, and, and our attitude towards the vaccine, it's like, what will it do to me rather than what good could it do to everybody else? Our attitudes to issues like racism and all of this. And, and I'm just staggered by how much of our life is focused on ourselves. And yet during this season, we have seen incredible acts of selflessness as well. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could take some steps beyond just us? Wouldn't it be amazing if God could do something in us that wasn't just for us, but was actually through us and into the lives of other people? And uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to look at uh, the early church. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, don't switch off. Because whether you believe in God or not, what I want to share today I think could change your life. Whether you believe in the faith stuff or not, this is true, okay, even without the faith stuff. With the faith stuff, it's dynamic. So don't switch off. You see, the early church began in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus, who was now resurrected, we celebrated that at Easter, um, he said to his followers, listen, I'm going to go back to heaven, but I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. Okay, that's just the spirit of me. In other words, I'm going to live in you by my spirit. In Acts chapter 2, the church was born. But here was the thing. The Holy Spirit wasn't just given for the church. He was given for the church so that he could move through the church into the lives of other people. And in Acts chapter 3, which is where we're going in a minute, we see the early church taking their first steps beyond themselves. Life-altering change, not just for them, but through them. And can I just say, if you are a Jesus follower, if you're part of the church, whether it's our church, Life Central, or another church, God didn't just give His Spirit for you. He gave His Spirit to you, for you, and through you into the lives of others. And as we emerge out of lockdown, we need not just to think about how we go to church, we need to get to grips with how we are the church. Because we're not just called to go to church, we're called to be the church here for a lost and a broken world. We're going to take some steps towards life-altering change, not just for us, but through us and into the lives of other people. And we're going to look at a story, and I love this story, and it's in Acts chapter 3. And we're just going to read it together. It's Acts 3, verse 1 to 10. Well, I'll read it, and you can see it here on the screen. It says, One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, let me pause there for a moment. They're from the Jewish faith. Praying at three in the afternoon was part of their faith. It was part of their discipline. Just because they were filled with the Spirit of God and they become like, we would say, Pentecostal or charismatic, doesn't mean they abandoned discipline. They kept to the discipline of the faith, which is really interesting. And it says, Peter and John went to the temple to gather to pray. That's what the, the emphasis is. And I want to say to you guys at Life Central Church, next Sunday, May the 2nd, we begin regathering. And it's so important and we love what God has done through the digital ministry and through the digital reach and we're going to keep going with digital. And if you've joined us through this season or maybe you're watching live now or you're watching on demand, you're really welcome. We're going to be investing way more into our digital scope and our digital reach. But that is not going to replace physical gathering. That is so, so important. And we are really looking forward to seeing some of you come back in the room from May onwards. 
onwards. We're going to add more services. We're going to add more kids and youth provision. Hey, if you're from a distance or you can't join us physically, don't worry. We've got you covered. You can connect online. But we are so looking forward to both of these experiences coming together. And this is what happened in the early church. They didn't give up the discipline of gathering together. And then it says this. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. It's quite interesting that it's called Beautiful. In fact, twice in these 10 verses is the, is the gate Beautiful. We're not quite 100% certain why it's called the gate Beautiful or exactly where it is, but it's an interesting use of the word where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Listen, he was put there. He didn't choose to be there. The Bible says he was put there in that place to beg Every single day. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. <laughs> then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. They recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Life-altering change, not just in Peter and John, but for this man at the gate, beautiful. I want to give you three big ideas today. Number one, grab your thoughts early. Grab your thoughts early. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What consumes our mind directs our lives. Life-altering change actually is fought out in the battlefield of our mind. So I want to ask you this. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about what you're thinking about. And, and I saw this on social media yesterday. Women <laughs> spend more time wondering what men are thinking about than men spend actually thinking. And I have to say as a man, I think that's probably true. But what was the lame man thinking about? Now, we don't really know, but I want you to try and get into the mind of this man. Remember, he, he didn't choose to be there. He was put there. He was placed there every day, day in, day out. Maybe his strongest thoughts are this, my life will never change. Maybe as you're watching right now, maybe whenever or wherever you're watching this, maybe that's your strongest thought. You remember your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Think about what you're thinking about. This man maybe was thinking about this, my life will never change. This is the best it's ever going to be. Maybe these guys who are Jesus followers can give me a little bit of money just to make my life a little bit better. But that's all I can expect from Jesus. Maybe that was their strongest thoughts. What were Peter and John thinking about? See, think about what you're thinking about because our life is always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. What were Peter and John thinking about? I wonder whether they were thinking about this. This guy's interrupting us. I mean, we're heading up to the temple at the prescribed hour to pray. We're doing a spiritual activity and this guy is interrupting us. 
Several years ago, I was writing a, a message in my office, the church building, and, and, and this is honestly true. My, I don't know why I had to say that. It, it, it just is true. Um, the message was about God's interruptions in your life. And how God can often use interruptions to take you to a whole new experience for you and for other people. And at the point when I was preparing this message, my phone went on my desk and um, our administrator said, oh, there's somebody on the phone for you and they're in real difficulty and they really want to see you right now. And I went, really? Like right now? You're interrupting me as I'm writing a message about God's interruptions. And my first thought was annoyance and my second thought was, okay, God, I get it. And I left my message and went to God's interruption and I'm really glad I did. Maybe they were thinking about that or maybe they were thinking about this. This man wants money. We don't have money, so we can't give him what he wants. Maybe that's their strongest thought. You see, your mind is a battlefield. Your mind is a battlefield. Think about what you're thinking about. In this season that we've been through, you know, the conspiracy theories that are out there, you know, where perceptions become truths, where lies become truths, where, where our fears and our paranoias become true. And we want life-altering change in us and through us. But first, we have to confront what's going on in our mind. You cannot change what you do not confront you cannot change what you do not confront. And the Bible says, and gives us such a practical thing here in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive, we grab our thoughts early and we make those thoughts obedient to Christ. Now here's the interesting thing. This phrase, take captive, literally means subjugate. It means bring under control. It means change direction. It means make an intentional shift. And in the original Greek language, that, that phrase, take captive, the root word is the same word that we use for the word spear. So imagine a Roman soldier that's got a spear, okay? And he's got someone captive at the end of his spear. What he now can do is he can move that person wherever he wants them to go. That's the picture. Your thoughts move you where they want you to go. But if we want life-altering change, not only in us, but through us, not only for us, but for others, we need to grab our thoughts early. We need to take them captive. We need to direct them rather than they direct us. What consumes our mind controls our lives. Think about what you think about. And I want to encourage you right now, what are your strongest thoughts right now? Then you know they're not bringing you life or in change. If you're a Christian, you know they're not God's thoughts about you, but they've got you on the end of the spear and they are moving you around. And the Bible says, and I want to encourage you, grab your thoughts early. Take those thoughts captive before those thoughts capture you. Secondly, use your words intentionally. When you use your words intentionally, you don't only bring life-altering change to you, but you can bring life-altering change to other people. And boy, do we need to use our words intentionally and purposefully in these days. And look at the way Peter did it. I think when he saw this man, he used his words to, to establish a connection. He saw the person before he saw the problem. And he said, hey, look at us. 
And when he said, look at us, he was using his words to establish a connection. And he was saying, look at us. I don't see a problem. I see a person. How many people walk past this guy every single day, even on their way to the temple? And maybe nobody saw him and nobody certainly spoke to him. But Peter did. Maybe, maybe you right now, you're, you're thinking, hey, nobody has spoken to me in ages. Maybe you are on your own and you've not been at the house for a long while and you've not had anyone speak to you. You will know the power of words intentionally spoken into your life. But listen, if that's you, you know, also need to know that there are loads of other people who are desperate for others to notice them and to speak words into their lives like these guys did. And maybe, you know, when they used their words, they didn't only use their words to establish a connection, but they, Peter used his words to change the life of this guy. The guy asked for money and they said, silver or gold, we do not have. What we have, we give you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. Imagine this. If they had money, they would have given him what he wanted, but he would, they would have not have given him what he needed. And maybe in your life, you think, I don't have what other people want, but you have what Jesus has given you. Let's use what we've got, not what we haven't got, if we want to see life-altering change. And he uses words that convey affirmation. He uses words that show to this man, I notice you, I see you, I recognise you, I speak to you. And then he uses words that convey life-altering change. In the name of Jesus, get up. And what you know, there is power in our words. There's a book in the Old Testament called the book of Proverbs, it's a book of wisdom. And in Proverbs 18 21, it says this the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And when you read that verse from a different translation with the verse that precedes it, listen to this sharing words of wisdom is satisfying to your inner being. It encourages you to know that you've changed someone else's life. And then it says this, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Isn't that amazing? Literally, your words are so powerful, they can kill or give life. And they're not just for others but therefore you, when you use life-giving words, the Bible says that it encourages you to know that you've changed someone else's life. You see, guys, our words are either bullets or seeds. They're either bullets that we shoot at someone else or they're seeds that we plant into the life of someone else. I think Peter and John, this day, when they saw this man, they planted some seeds through their words and through their attention into the life of this man. I wonder how many people passed this man and shot bullets at him. Bullets, words, bullets. Or, how, or maybe just these two guys were the guys that rocked up one day and they didn't shoot bullets, they planted seeds. What about you? As we emerge out of lockdown, as we begin to see more people, you know, as we begin to gather in more different environments, are we going to be people that, that make these steps towards life-altering change and use our words intentionally to build others up, not tear them down? A guy called Yehuda Berg was a bit of an interesting, troubled character, but he said something really important. He said this, words are singularly, I can't say that word, <laughs> the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively using words of despair. Listen to this. Words have energy and power. 
with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate and to humble. You see, they're either bullets or seeds. And we see this most powerfully right now, don't we, on social media, when we see the online bullying and trolling and just the vitriol and anger that comes through. And guys, if you're a follower of Jesus, come on, we are called to live differently to that. We are called to be people who use our words intentionally, not to shoot bullets, but to plant seeds. I encourage you to think about what you think about. And now I want to say, think about what you speak about. Think about the words that you use. Our words can build people up or shoot people down. The choice is down to you. So what words can we plant this next week into the lives of other people? What words of notice can we, you know, can we notice people? You know, I, and I, this is not to big me up at all, but me and Alison, we're, we're making an intentional effort to every time we go into a shop or go to fill our car up to talk to the people who are there and say, how are you? Is it busy? How is life? How are you? Just to have a little bit of conversation, just to say to people who maybe just get passed by, we notice you and we are grateful for you and we want to show appreciation with our words. Maybe there's some words of thanks that you could give to someone. Maybe those teachers that are teaching your kids at school. Maybe the the medical people that are helping in doctors, uh, um, surgeries. Maybe those people that are vaccinating. You know, maybe the people that are keeping our streets safe. Maybe the guys that take our bins away. Whoever it is, could we use our words intentionally? Now I have to say, if you do this, you'll get some funny looks. All right, because we're British and we don't do this. But I'll tell you what, you'll also see like we've seen people standing up a little bit taller, people smiling a little bit that weren't smiling before. Why? Because you've noticed them. You've used your words intentionally. You've planted some seeds rather than shooting some bullets. And I want to say, maybe there's some friends in your life Maybe there's some mentors. Maybe there's some youth leaders or some kids workers that have invested in your kids. And they've invested in them through this season. I know our next gen team here have been phenomenal through this last 12 months. It wouldn't hurt you to say thank you. It wouldn't hurt you to get your phone and to text them today. It wouldn't hurt you to send an email to them today. Why do we save all of the kind words for when they're dead? At their funeral, why don't you say them to their face? Imagine what life would be like if we said these kinds of life-giving words to people rather than about people when they can't hear them anyway. (laughs) And I want to encourage you, just do it now. Do it today. Send a text, send a message, send an email. Pick up a phone, like after the message, okay? Pick up a phone and speak to someone. Mother Teresa said this, kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. Guys, you want to take a step towards life-altering change in you, but also for you and through you. Number one, grab your thoughts early or they'll direct you where they want to go. Number two, use your words intentionally. And number three, pray your prayers specifically and expectantly. Listen, vague prayers, bland prayers, covering prayers are fine. But I want to suggest to you, and if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into this reality. You can pray prayers to God that are both specific and expectant. You see, 
this guy, he wasn't praying those kind of prayers. He was placed here at the, te- at the gate beautiful. When Peter and John rocked up, all he asked for them was for money, just to make it a little bit better. He wasn't expecting anything else from them or from God. But there is a guy in the Bible, and I love this guy. He's called Bartimaeus. You, you find him in Mark chapter 10. And again, he is in a similar situation to this guy at the gate, beautiful. He's not lame, but he's blind. And he's sat on the roadside. And he has his spot and he's begging every single day. And on this particular day, he hears that Jesus and his posse are in town. They're passing through on their way to Jerusalem. And he hears about Jesus. And the Bible says that, that he, he began to cry out. He began to cry out, Jesus, Son of Mercy, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says that, that, that he, he had thoughts as well going in his mind, but he, but he grabbed a hold of them and he used his words intentionally. But then he prayed his prayers specifically. Now I want to say, breakthrough is not a formula, but there is a posture to breakthrough. And maybe for you, you're in a situation where you know that you need God to come through for you. I cannot give you a formula, but I can give you a posture. I can encourage you into a posture, a positioning whereby God may move on your behalf and bring breakthrough. And it says this, it says in Mark chapter 10, I won't read it, but I'll just tell it to you. It says, when he heard Jesus was in town. That's interesting. If Bartimaeus heard Jesus was in town, somebody told him. Somebody was speaking. Somebody was using their words intentionally to talk about Jesus and what Jesus could do. Guys, in this season, if you're a follower of Jesus, are we using our words intentionally to tell others about Jesus? Are they hearing about who God is from your lips? If you've got kids, are your kids hearing stories about God from your lips? What's the faith of the next generation worth to us? I want to suggest it should be worth everything. In other words, are they hearing from us the stories of God at work? Are your kids hearing stories of God at work in your life? When he heard that Jesus, he heard good things about Jesus, which means somebody told him good things about Jesus. And then there was a humble awareness of his need. And this is a great posture for breakthrough. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Listen, if God is only one of your options, God will let you try all the other ones. But if God is your only option, you are positioning yourself in the place of breakthrough. And I will be praying for you in just a few minutes. We will be praying for you in just a few minutes if you need breakthrough. Pray a specific and an expectant prayer. And then Jesus came up to him because um, all the crowd tried to keep him quiet and, and Jesus heard him. And this, I love this. Jesus told the crowd who were trying to keep him quiet to bring him to him. Can you imagine the crowd? They were trying to shush him up. And then Jesus said, no, 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 you, you don't shush him up. You bring him to me. I mean, they must have been so knocked and so fed up by that. But they bring him and then Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? Be specific and be expectant. And you know, if in the mind of Bartimaeus, if his mind, if his thoughts, if he didn't grab hold of his thoughts, maybe his thoughts, if his thoughts were like the man at the gate, beautiful, do you know what he would have said? Well, nothing, I just want a little bit of cash. Or maybe he said, no, no, nothing, Jesus, I'm good. I just heard that you're a good guy and I wanted just to talk to you and maybe have an autograph. But he didn't do that. He said, no, no, I don't want to do any of that. I want to see. I want to see. I can't see. I want to see. I want my life 
to change. And in that moment, Jesus heard that faithful, expectant, specific prayer and he granted his request and he changed this man's life forever. And then I love at the end of Mark chapter 2 and I love this verse. Um, in fact, let me just go back before that. Uh, this, this is a great quote from John Lennon. He said this, when you're drowning, you don't think I would be incredibly pleased if someone would notice I'm drowning and come and rescue me. You just scream. And guys, if you're drowning right now, don't just expect someone to notice you. That's great. Scream. God is okay with screaming. God is okay with you being specific because God loves that kind of desperation. God loves that kind of faith. God loves that kind of a sense of God. You are not an, an option for me. You are my only option. And that's exactly what happened. And then in the last verse, I love this, Mark 10, 52. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. You grabbed your thoughts early. You used your words intentionally. You prayed your prayer specifically. You positioned yourself and your faith has healed you. Listen, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Not only was life altering change in him, but it changed the direction of his whole life. And in the, if you turn the page over to, uh, to Mark chapter 11, the first few verses say this, as they approached Jerusalem. Now, they were approaching Jerusalem for what we celebrate at Easter. This was the big deal in Jesus' life. As they approached Jerusalem, who was they? Well, it included Bartimaeus. You see, he meets Jesus and the whole direction, the whole trajectory of his life is changed, which is absolutely incredible. But guys, listen, you cannot change what you do not confront. And I want to say, as I draw towards a close, you know, if you want life-altering change, you've got to grab your thoughts early. You've got to confront those thoughts that are moving you around. You've got to use your words intentionally. Don't use your words to just, to, just to, 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 to shoot bullets, but to plant seeds. You cannot change what you do not confront. So I want to take you to the TV for one last time for three questions. Number one, what are your strongest thoughts that you need to grab early? So maybe right now you can think about, oh, that's the thought that like the spear is moving me around. I need to take back the spear. I need to take captive those thoughts because my life will move in the direction of my strongest thoughts. What are your strongest thoughts that you need to grab early? Number two, in what ways can you plant seeds and not shoot bullets? Not next year, but this week, even right now. Who is it that you need to text today just to say, hey, I've been thinking about you and I want to say thank you. I appreciate this in you. Maybe just to be so specific. And I know it doesn't feel very English, all right, if you're English out there. But I'll tell you what, it's life-giving. And you know when you've had someone speak words that are seeds into your life, what it's done for you, what would it be like if we could not shoot bullets but plant seeds in the lives of other people? What would it be like if as a church, as we emerge out of lockdown, we are known as a church that speak words of life and plant seeds rather than shoot bullets? And then finally, number three, what specific prayer do you need to pray right now? Jesus says this, what do you want me to do for you? And I wonder if Jesus asks you that question, not because he doesn't know the answer, but because he wants you to articulate that specific expectant 
prayer. You just need to know that the bland prayers, the covering prayers, the keep my kids safe prayers, that's fine, that's all good. But I want to encourage you to go a step beyond us, a step beyond me, a step beyond safe. Grab our thoughts early, use our words intentionally, pray our prayers specifically and see that maybe when you pray prayers for you, God could do something in you and through you for the sake of other people. That's not an ordinary prayer. So maybe you feel lost right now or you feel stuck or or you feel desperate. Maybe like that guy at the Gate Beautiful or Bartimaeus. You know, God can meet you right now. We would love to pray with you and for you. And if you want to take that a step further, right now in the, in the, on the screen is a link and you can just follow that link and fill that little card in. And, and we, would, we have a prayer team, would love to pray for you. The guys are going to be putting it in the chat right now as well. And I want to pray for you in a moment for life-altering change, but not just for you, but through you. When we let God do stuff in us, it isn't always for us alone. It is for us, but it's also for others through us. Because you see, when you pray those kind of prayers and God moves in your life, you become the answer to somebody else who's praying a prayer as well, like you saw on that video. So if that's you right now, I wanna just pray for you. You need God right now. Maybe you have a physical need. Maybe you have a spiritual or an emotional or a financial need. But I wanna pray for you right now in this moment. Jesus, I want to pray for every single person, whether they're watching it live or later. God, may they know that even though this is through technology, God, You are bigger than that. Lord, would You move on their behalf? Would You break through into their life? And would You meet their need? I pray in Jesus' Name. Amen. I want to say another thing just before we finish, if you're out there and you're not sure about this whole faith thing, you're not sure about God, you're not sure whether God exists, or maybe, maybe you are, you kind of think, yeah, God exists, but I'm not sure how I get to know Him. Or maybe you've just begun those first steps and you're not quite sure how to take the next steps. We would love to invite you to something that we're running here uh, over the next few weeks called the Alpha Course. It's online. It's every Wednesday evening. We're not just running it on our own. We're with 164 other churches who are doing it together. Now, it sounds a little scary. It is not. It is so relational. And basically, all you need to do is to sign up and you can join hundreds of other people. But you'll sign up through our church and be on a group with us on Zoom. The information's coming up here on the screen. So you just follow this link. Or if you've got a phone, take your phone out, text LCC Alpha, your name to 60777. So if it was me, I'd go LCC Alpha, Leon Evans, 60777, press send. One of our team will then contact you and show you what steps you need to take next. Guys, I want to encourage you. As we finish this series, One Step Beyond, next week, May the 2nd, we are going to be back in person as well as online. Just a few tickets available. They go uh, available every Tuesday. If you want to join us, take a step, then do that. We'd love to see you. For the rest of the people, you're going to be online. Let's stick with it. Let's, Let's believe God is speaking and moving because He absolutely is. And as we sing our final song together, this is a great song. We love this song here in this church. And it's simply called Waiting Here For You. But as much as we're waiting here for you, I think God is also saying, hey, and I'm waiting here for you. I'm waiting here for you to take some steps. And as you take a step towards me, I'm already taking several steps 
towards you. So during this song, why don't you engage with God today? Why don't you surrender to God today? Why don't you allow God to help you grab those thoughts early, to inspire you to use your words intentionally and to encourage you to pray your prayers specifically. As we wait on Him, as we worship Him, know that He is already moving towards us. This is waiting here for you.